I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. Well, in honour of Couple Swap Week, we have swapped, haven't we, Linda? We're on different sides of the bed. <laughs> That's not going to last, Hugh. <laughs> That's not going to last. Oh, yeah, they can't see us. Trust us, we have swapped. For the first time probably ever, we had a discussion because normally we just put on the recorder and we just talk. Yeah. And we talk crap and, and whatever comes out of our mouth. But we actually had a discussion about this podcast because Hugh said to me, when we're doing this podcast, he said, we need to have three distinct segments, a starter, main course and dessert to reflect three episodes. And I was kind of going, do we not always do that, Hugh? And he was saying, no. He said, you just open your mouth and everything comes out. And that's confusing. <laughs> and I was like going, okay, so what we're getting at is men can't multitask. No, we just like things in order. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You just can't multitask. Let's deal with the swaps. I'll do couples. my best. That's all Let's I can promise. Let's deal with the swaps and the couples. Melinda and Harrison came together. Look, Melinda and Harrison were always going to be put together. Like, I mean, I could yeah. have called that from day one, in fairness. Yeah. It wasn't as explosive and as interesting as I thought it was going to be. I was kind of expecting more from them. Yeah. And of, of those three people, probably the last person you thought would do the most exploding would be Leighton. And he did. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? In, in some cases, I think he had, he, he was justified in the way he reacted because mm-hmm. to me it did look like Harrison and Melinda were ganging up. I was very disappointed in Melinda in that she let Harrison Ryler up. She yeah. allowed it to happen and she was kind of sniggering and laughing with Harrison going against Leighton. But she was annoyed by his reaction uh, long before he Harrison walked in the door anyway. So it wasn't so much Harrison stoked her up. It was just she kept going and that must have been embarrassing for him. Look, she was annoyed and I can understand why she's annoyed. But at the same time, she should have respected Leighton's opinion and said, you know, Leighton, if you don't want to do it, that's absolutely fine. You need to make that decision for yourself. But I want to do it. But to me, his reaction was an emotional one. He wasn't logical. He didn't say, well, this is part of the test. Everybody else is doing it. It might bring up something. It's part of what we're doing. It's part of the experiment. He came, it came down to raw emotion. He felt insecure over it. He felt threatened by it, I think, if truth be told. Now, he didn't express it, but he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Well, I think he was taking the moral high ground. It was like, no, I'm not going to move in with somebody else's wife and I don't agree with somebody else moving in with my wife. I don't agree with my wife wanting to move in with the man that she said half an hour ago she hated most on the planet. As he would see it probably he gave up a lot because on the retreat he did have to back down a good bit. He had a viewpoint over not to confront Harrison and just let him blow off steam and ignore the whole thing. It ended up that he had to support Melinda. He did it very well. We can't deny that. Under three, she did, yes. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. So that was where he was coming from. Yeah, I don't think that Melinda should have made such a big deal of it in front of Harrison, though. Mm. You know, I just thought that they were kind of like mean kids and they were, well, certainly Melinda was forcing Leighton to come around her way of thinking. She didn't respect the difference of opinion. Yeah, yeah. And it was very unwise of him to move into another apartment for when she came back. Oh, yeah, that was a bit stupid. Yeah. That was I don't, I don't see the point of that. He'd yeah. had three nights on his own. It's not as if he actually went and stayed at Bronte. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, I mean, he was. He was punishing her. He was. And the whole point of the thing was that he didn't want to be separated fr- from her. His point was they should be together throughout the experiment. The experiment was getting to know each other and he didn't want to lose a moment of that experiment. And what did he do? He lost a day and a night. And even when they did kind of make up, he still wanted to spend a night in his own. 
Yeah, absolutely. Not very wise. No, I, not I agree. Very wise. It was a stupid he, thing to do. She was cover, looking forward to seeing him. He didn't cover himself in glory. No, no. Let's put it like that. She was looking forward to seeing him and he just wasn't looking forward to seeing her. He was yeah. punishing her. So what do you think of the interactions between Bronte and Leighton anyway? Bronte and Leighton, again, I hate to be on Leighton's case, but he did not let himself down because he threw the ball right into Bronte's court and he basically said, I'm not happy with my wife. And she said, yeah, you're dead right. That's right. His his mood when he went into the apartment allowed or facilitated Bronte being negative about Melinda. Oh, yeah. I think if they had left on good terms, if um, if Leighton and Melinda had left on good terms, mm. I don't think that he would have allowed Bronte to make the comments that she was making. And don't forget, it wasn't like they had that big row and he walked around and himself and Bronte sat down five minutes later and he hadn't even cooled down. A day or two passed, it would seem, in the experiment and eventually he relented and went to Bronte's apartment. So he had lots of time to cool down. Absolutely. Yeah, I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't I don't understand his reactions. Um, I don't understand why he allowed uh, Bronte to make those comments. Like, he wasn't very supportive of Mel then. So I can imagine when Mel is looking back on this, she'll be thinking, the sleeving. He definitely didn't cover, cover himself in glory. No ways. No, he no didn't. He it. didn't. Yeah. But yeah. like I say, I was a little bit disappointed in the whole Melinda Harrison situation. I thought they could have made more of that. I'm sure there was more of it. Mm. And they could have made more of it. Yeah. But they wanted to show us Evelyn and Duncan. Evelyn is stunning. And we all know how I feel about Duncan. Yeah, I know. From day one. From, from day one. day one. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Evelyn taking the photos of Duncan? Jealous. <laughs> all right, though, apart from that. I mean, for Duncan to take the, those photos back to Alyssa. I think that Duncan thought he was doing a good thing. I, I did. I think Duncan actually thought that Alyssa would have, you know, laughed at it and kind of thanked what him for it. Planet? And oh, come on. I thought it was a cute idea. It was a sweet idea. That said, if you had come back after spending three days with someone and then start showing me all those pictures of you and just an apron and all, I'd be going, I'm here for a second. Who took those photographs? Your reaction is, I think, what most women would be saying, what on earth went on while I was away? Yeah, but I wouldn't be so calm about it. To be honest, it shows, number one, how comfortable Duncan was. With Evelyn. Yeah. And number two, it kind of shows how weak the relationship is with Alyssa. And then he actually shows the photos to Alyssa and she's like, oh, yeah, cute. Yeah, she just wasn't. She like, I mean, there was no reaction either way. No. She wasn't annoyed. She wasn't pleased. She wasn't anything. No. It was just whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, he could have been shown her anything. She just doesn't have any regard for him. None. Absolutely yeah. none. He got the Italian cookery lessons or classes or whatever. Again, no reaction whatsoever. It's yeah. over with them. It's dead in the water. Which is a shame because they do kind of look like a, a, a fairly cute couple. I don't but know. What do you think of Evelyn getting the flowers? Yeah, I think Rupert certainly felt he had to step up and he had to do something. How much of that was the fact that, you know, she was spending time in the apartment with Duncan. I don't know about that. Whether that had much effect. He feels he has to step up, but I'm not buying them. It, again, it's not, there's no romance there. 
Uh, they're just going through the motions. They're as fake as Bronte and Harrison, really, just in a different way. I think they're friends. I yeah. think they're friends. At the end of the day, that's all they are, is friends. I think Rupert was delighted when Tani said that he thought that um, Rupert and Evelyn were compatible. Mm. He was over the moon with that and he really grasped it. And he was, you know, it kind of gave him a new lease of life as such. But uh, just the fact that they haven't been intimate or anything like that. You were I just, don't know. They were just, he was just looking for some. They just had to have some bit of a discussion. Yeah, clutching I mean, straws. You know, like how much genuine insight each couple got. And, and we got a load of baloney tonight about it, about valuable insight our couples have received going into this dinner party. I mean, come on. Are you they, actually jumping ahead of the dinner they, party? They, all right, all right, I am, yeah. But Are you going to have your dessert before you have your main course? <sighs> yeah, okay, I'm just mentioning the dessert. We're not actually just having saying. it yet. Okay, <laughs> now, they didn't really. They really didn't. The only one who did was Lyndall had a look around Ollie and Tani's apartment and kind of realised what she was missing out with Cam. Yeah, I think she the conversation that she had with Ollie and the way he was open and he was listening to her and he he, he kind of he was given constructive criticisms and observations and, yeah. you know, and, and she felt validated as well. Like she kind of felt like there was somebody there for her, listening to her, engaging with her on maybe a more intellectual level than she was engaging with Cam. Yeah, I have to hand it to Ollie. He's really coming into his own. He's really, whether he's maturing before our eyes or whether he always had that maturity and we just never saw it before. But he's certainly, he's he's a very rounded, clever guy. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. And like, we can see that he's, he's becoming more confident. And I, you know, mm. I think a lot of that has to do with like, you know, what they say, the love of a good woman. Yeah, absolutely. He feels secure in the, in the relationship. It's a good, happy relationship. Yeah. And that's he's, enabling him to show more of his true self. He's quite funny too. He is actually quite, quite funny, funny. Yeah. 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 Like maybe he is a young Seinfeld. And he is starting to speak up now. Our criticism has been that he wasn't speaking up. Certainly, again, I'm, I'm jumping to main course and dessert a little, but he's starting to speak up. Yeah. He was like, I mean, I suppose our criticism was that he was speaking up all right, but he was speaking up in his piece to camera. Oh, yeah. And then he was exactly. And then he was kind of he was shirking back. But yeah, that that seems to be changing. It'll be interesting to see what happens now with him. I look forward to seeing more of our Ollie. What about Alyssa and Cam? Alyssa and Cam. Well, again, we kind of. All it was a non-event, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we, all we got was Cam basically saying they had a great time and they got on really well together. And the inference was that he got on with her a hell of a lot better than he got on with Lyndall. He was slighting Lyndall, if anything. Is that because she looks like his sister as well? No. It does. They're both blonde again. Long blonde hair. Are we seeing something here? You're obsessed with that. I know, but like, the three of them have long blonde hair. It's like this incestuous relationship going on between the three of them. Like, could he not have put her cam with someone else with dark hair or something like that? I don't know. Well, the funny thing was that at some point, if they did their, their what they were meant to do on the task, he must have mentioned the fact that he was going to be, if himself and Lyndall were ever going to have a relationship on the outside, then he'd be leaving her alone for long periods of time. Did Alyssa not have problems with her partner leaving her alone for long periods of time? She did. She she claimed to have issues with Duncan leaving her for long periods of time, well, short periods of time, if the mm. truth be known, at retreat. But Games then again, tennis, yeah. as soon as they came back from retreat, she went off to see her son for a few days. She was literally only back that day yeah. and she was going off to move in with Cam. Yeah, I mean, Alyssa is just, oh, it's a waste of space. Just, she just annoys me. You're not her biggest fan. No, I think no, from of any fan. other character, she has covered herself in anything but glory right from the moment where she was the biggest hypocrite ever when it came to Claire. 
Yeah, and that was that was that was ages that ago. Was painful. That, was that was painful to see. Horse commitment ceremony or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't want her. Okay. <laughs> That's All it. Offside. That's it. Boys and girls nights. What do we think of them? Should we start with the boys? Yeah, go ahead. It was a typical boys night, wasn't it? It was. um, It was a bit rowdy. It was rowdy. Previous boys nights, I seem to remember, the lads were generally all together and there was very little backbiting or bad feeling. This was very different. It's because we had Harrison. But more than Harrison, you had Adam coming in. But Harrison riled Adam up. I thought Adam came in in good form. He came in kind of fairly genuine and again, he apologised to the group. And it was the most genuine apologies that we've heard. Oh my God. Adam. Yeah, he certainly said the words and he said them several times over. He couldn't have been any more clear, but that wasn't good enough for Harrison. You see, I think Harrison thought that everybody was going to back him up and go, you're only an Aegis, yeah, Adam, yeah, and you know, I know. Your and, and Yeah, I think he had the speech rehearsed, to be honest, expecting that we'd get that usual Adam that we get, who's deflecting and defensive and can't lie straight in bed. And what we got was a, a very different Adam. Harrison just trotted out his usual lines and they went nowhere. No, they went nowhere, and he got he didn't get any support from anybody this time. No, so no. and and fair play to Adam. Adam stood up to him, and Adam called him out. Yeah, and he was right. Like I mean, has anybody got a mirror? Yeah, you're talking about yourself there, mate. And for the second group setting in a row, a third really, if you include the commitment ceremony from Sunday, Harrison got to see that he's very isolated now, and his power is ebbing away. It is ebbing away. Yeah, nobody's taking him seriously. But look at they've all seen another side to him. They all know what his tricks are at this stage. Yeah. So and they're all dead wide to him. Shannon got to make the worst appearance ever. Oh God! And briefest appearance ever. Idiot. In Married at Foresight history, they showed one shot of him horsing food into himself. When he appeared beforehand, Hugo basically said, Josh seems a very nice guy, but that Shannon, don't think much of him. Yeah, actually, just talking about Hugo and Josh, their voices are very similar. Oh my God, they're like separated at birth. <laughs> I don't think, I don't agree that they look like, I don't think no, they look they alike. Don't look but alike. my God, they sound like <laughs> the tone, tone or the cadence of their voice is just creepily similar. Yeah. They both sound boring as hell when they're talking, basically. Oh, God. I mean, they talk to each other, it's even worse. Yeah, there's no intonation. There's just, <laughs> just I, I don't know what it is. It's creepy, anyway. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. It it was weird. Yeah. And everybody seemed to notice it as well. Yeah. What they were calling Hugo Young Josh or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, but in relation to looks, nothing in common. Everybody seemed genuinely happy to see Josh as well. Yeah, he's... I don't know. I think he's much more outgoing in, in real life when he's let let off the leash and he doesn't have uh, Melissa beating him down. Yeah, I think so. And I was I was I was pleased to see that. Unfortunately, Jesse didn't make an appearance. No, Jesse. I think from day one wasn't going to go, and um, and it wasn't addressed. Like nobody even noticed that he was that he wasn't there, did they? I think Claire mentioned to the girls in the girls' night or in the getting ready for the girls' night that he wouldn't be there. We understand Dan was there, but he was just edited out. Yeah, well, like, there was no sign of him. So as far as I'm concerned, he wasn't there. Yeah. Unlike Hugh, I don't read any of the spoilers. So Plus, I really don't. I don't. I watch the episode. I do the podcast and that's the end of it. And I really do try to keep away from any spoilers. Hugh knows them all. And he, <laughs> he literally, like, I mean, he just can't keep it in sometimes. <laughs> it's practically talking <laughs> in his sleep to tell me <laughs> the spoilers. I avoid a lot of spoilers, but something like that. Well, it's not really a spoiler. Yeah, well, look, he wasn't there. He wasn't missed either way. I didn't no. miss him. I didn't even realise he wasn't there until you actually said it to me. Yeah. And yeah. even when I saw Sandy coming into the girls' night, I still didn't think of Dan. She 
told Bronte, front, left and centre, I think you're fake and I think your relationship is fake. So who hasn't told Bronte, front, left and centre, that her relationship is fake? They're not so much saying the relationship is fake as in Harrison is leading you astray. Is that what they really mean or do they? No, they, they, they did say the relationship is fake. They've said that a million times the relationship is fake. That said, they are all openly, openly acknowledging and confronting the issue about Harrison emotionally manipulating Bronte and gaslighting her. Surely to God, though, the relationship being fake means that Bronte's in on it. No, not necessarily. It can be fake just as far as Harrison is concerned. Right. Okay. So they're not saying that she's being fake. Well, the fact that they did the, the, the 180 and, you know, things are really, really good one yeah. day, then really crap the next day. Nobody's really buying that. And I think it's very hard to understand as well. But I think that Bronte, and I said it in the last episode, Bronte is on an absolute merry-go-round, an emotional merry-go-round um, in terms of her feeling for Harrison. Because he can, he can, do, he just says something. She kind of takes off her rose-tinted glasses and she can see right through him and she calls him out and she's feeling strong. And then he just has to, I don't know, I don't know what he says to her and she just literally does a 180 and says oh no you know I've only got eyes for Harrison like I, I, I'd love to know that's how that's where does it. you and I disagree what I think happens is she gets really annoyed he is a horrible person she gets really annoyed with him she can't stand being in the same room as him it comes through sometimes and that's when they're rowing when they make up it's not that they really make up like a normal couple do because of attraction she just realises oh I better play the part and stay in the programme but what part is she playing at this stage, you, as you said in the last episode, she's completely unsellable. But she's lost all sense of reality in that she just wants to be on the show no matter what. She's lost all sense of reality in that she is a shadow of her former self. There is none of Bronte. She's a broken woman and she is just hanging on every word Harrison said. So if Harrison said the sky was green with blue dots. I'm taken straight back to the end of the first episode when she said to Kira, her sister, at the wedding reception when I think the speeches were about to be made, act normal, act normal, say nothing. Yeah, that was back then. And I think she taught back then. If you were to listen to her gagging on about it, she was saying, oh, I'm a strong, independent woman and I'm this and I'm that. No, she's not. We can see that she's not. <laughs> no, no, my point is she's that her led. decline, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying her decline started from that point onwards. She we'll was, agree to disagree on that one. She was holding herself in from that moment. She was acting. She was holding herself in. She was changing who she was. I think she that was her plan. I think she really wanted to stay in. And I think her plan was, oh, yeah, well, I'll do whatever I need to do to stay in. And we'll have a game plan between us. But little did she know that it would all be on Harrison's terms. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she was expecting that, Hugh. Yeah. Anyway, she stormed out. She did what Bronte always does. She storms <laughs> out. Like, you know, the fact that she was there and she was so isolated and she had nothing in common with any of the girls. Yeah. I mean, what is that telling you? Is that not what, you know, a narcissist and an emotional manipulator does in a relationship? He actually just, is that not what a narcissist does, Hugh? He alienates his partner from all her friends, from all of her family. So she really only has him. Yeah, I actually did think of that. I was said, you know, that's, what we saw there was like a microcosm for what happens in real life when you read and, and and hear what happens to women in real life, that they slowly but surely get cut off from their sisters, their family, their friends. And whenever other people do say, look, I don't think this is healthy for you, the narcissist, in this case, the man says, oh, look, they're not really your friends. They're destructive to our relationship. They're the ones that are making us unhappy, not me. Yeah. 
So Bronte did what Bronte does. Bronte left. Yeah. Stormed out. Gone. Stormed out. Gone. Uh, actually, she she disappeared quietly. She didn't quite storm out this but that's time. That's what she did. She didn't say goodbye to anybody because she had nobody really to say goodbye to. Yeah. She's even lost Lyndall at this point. Yeah, it's quite sad. It is. It's very sad. Absolutely. And it's horrible to see as a woman, like it's horrible to see, you know, that, that somebody has the, that power over. And then it's even worse to see it's actually happened on national television. Yeah. It's unfolded in front of our eyes on national television. Tell me about Janelle. Looking fierce. Yes, absolutely. And her lime green. And mm. again, she was giving it loads. And this is typical Janelle because she did this when she was on the programme. She was talking the talk and I'm going to hold Claire responsible and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do the other. And then Claire apologises and Janelle just melts. <laughs> it's, oh yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Oh no, that's a lovely, sincere apology that um, Claire gave me. <laughs> so, but we saw that. We saw that all the way through. So Janelle is, is trying to talk herself over to be something that she's not. Yeah, I know, I know. But you know something? It was still nice to see. It was still nice to see, yeah. Yeah, and it's good to see Janelle back in it and she did look great. Um, And Claire, Claire looks fantastic. Claire makes a genuine effort to make an apology. Yeah, she she did. make an apology. Yeah, she did. She did. She made a beeline for Janelle. She was a bit nervous about seeing her. She made a beeline for her and she apologised to her. So, no, fair play to to Claire. And it was good to see that Claire and Jessie are still in contact. Yeah, they're still texting each other. I don't know. We'll we'll see how that one goes. But, you know. It'll be good at the reunion to see how that one goes. They've had a rough ride. They have, yeah. They really, really had a rough ride and a genuine rough ride. And you know something? They pretty much are a genuine couple. And I'd say the same actually about Melissa and Leighton. You know, they're refreshing in that regard in that they get passionate and genuinely passionate even when they have their disagreements. There's passion there. There's feelings there. And you know, with a lot of the other couples, that same passion and that same feeling just isn't there. Speaking of passion, we didn't see very much of Melissa. No, and thank God for that. She is just yesterday's news. She looked old. And I say that as somebody who is in the early 50s. She looked out of place. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And she just wasn't given any airtime at all. No. Because she's nothing else she's to nothing say. She's nothing else to say. She's a one-trick pony. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest with you, some of that is based on her behaviour with Josh. She fulfills her contract by turning up, but that's about it. Yeah, true. What about Caitlin? Caitlin looked fabulous. You absolutely said that, yeah. You said she looked amazing, yeah. She just made one hell of an effort. Now, listen, she was a pretty girl uh, when we saw her in, in the earlier episodes. Don't get me wrong. But she made an amazing effort and it was real. I'm out there. I'm not done in. I'm still there. Yeah, no, I, I, fair play to her. It looks like she's done a, a lot of work on herself. Um, She was confident. She was assertive. And she was really out for a good night. The contrast, when you think of it, between how she presented herself and how she appeared and then how Shannon presented himself and how he appeared. Yeah, look who's the winner. Wow, what a contrast. Yeah. Yeah, it was good to see. And it was good to see her and she looked great and, and fair play to yeah. her and I hope she's doing well with her life. Yeah. So now we can move on to dessert, Hugh. Okay. Okay. Um, where would you like to start? Well, all of the couples stepped it up in terms of how they were dressed. But I noticed that as well. Did you notice how Alyssa and Duncan are always dressed the same? Yeah, very much. And in fact, they had a they had a comrade with Leighton. 
Yeah. Must be a threesome going on there. Oh, let's not talk about threesomes. Um, yeah, they had the same jacket on, are very, very similar jackets, mm-hmm. but definitely the same colour. Oh, absolutely. And it was a lovely colour, wasn't it? Yeah. You should wear that colour, Hugh. I think that colour would suit you. Ooh, yeah. Bring out the colour of my eyes. Oh, yeah, it would actually. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Check that out. Um, yeah, so they, they all of the couples looked very smart, I thought, tonight. Um, I thought it was very funny. I thought Ollie was very funny. Yeah, And posing and putting the chain on him and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> bum bag and everything. I thought that was very funny. I didn't get the references, though. No, actually, neither did I. I was thinking maybe it's an no, Australian thing. It must be. Yeah, I think Tani and Ollie, they just get on well together, just just sweet, and they just have fun. Oh, yeah. There's, they really do share a sense of humour. I like the way Evelyn was dead set on holding Harrison accountable. Oh, sometimes, though, it gets a bit tiresome. You know, she is an intruder. And she needs to know her place a little bit. It's, you know, the group is so fractured by Harrison that in previous years, somebody like her would be, they'd kind of go, who the hell does she think she is? And they don't tend to do that. She does do my head in a little bit. I know, I think she fit really well into the mix. But I just think she's a strong person. I like the way she calls everybody out and I like the way Mm. she has no fear. So that's all good for me. I'm sick and tired of listening about the butt oil. I am so over the goddamn butt oil. Who cares? She's very sensitive about that and she really lets she really lets us know that it's not real she's well that's her big storyline she's just covering up that's her big storyline mm. she has to keep bringing it up all the time just to kind of be current as such well she's trying to make herself relevant every yeah. episode there's Absolutely. no two ways about yeah. it again yeah. she is a pro yeah she is but it is getting a bit tiresome when when there's nothing actually there it's getting a bit tiresome what did you think of um melinda and layton they came in very united they did and they had a great plan but it didn't last too long it didn't last too long. And Leighton kind of, Leighton just stepped back into, into where he was before they did the wife swap thing. Yeah, he still wanted some validation over the fact that he just didn't believe in it. And he was sticking to his line and he just wasn't backing down. And Harrison was sitting back yeah. loving every moment Absolutely, of it. because every moment that's spent on Leighton is another moment that isn't spent discussing him and Bronte. And ah, look, he was a spent force there tonight he really was he was just sitting there he had nothing really of any use to say everybody was calling him out like yeah. I mean Alyssa called him out Evelyn called him out Rupert called him out yeah Ollie Ollie called him out yeah everybody was calling. even Duncan I think had he's, something to say to yeah him. finally Duncan even yeah. had something to say he's totally isolated he is totally yeah, totally isolated so. and then the, the the experts obviously they were saying the same thing as well yeah in general though it was a depressing dinner party it was a bit of a non-event yeah it was very depressing and you know it was kind of very melancholy or something like that I know they're coming towards the end but yeah. there just didn't seem to be Despite Linda, Melinda and Leighton's tiff, there was no excitement. There was no kind of, it just like there was no oxygen in the room. Normally what happens is you've lost a lot of the deadwood. You've lost the ones who are around. You're into the final straight. A lot of the animosity drops. They're looking to to, yeah, to final vows. They're looking to the outside. They're looking to the homestays. And usually, to be honest, they're understandably looking forward to the homestays and seeing relatives and friends. There was no feeling of that whatsoever at this time. No, I agree. There wasn't. Uh, we, instead of seeing couples strengthen and kind of unite together and bond, we saw the direct opposite. We saw couple after couple imploding. 
Oh God, it was painful to watch Cam and Lyndall. Yeah. Like what was Cam thinking? Why did he come on the show? Well, that's that's a big thing. Well, first of all, now the experts threw a little bit of light on that because I have been kind of saying that the last day or two. But the experts were under a strong impression from him at the interviews that he was going to change all that. Oh yeah, if he was going to do it for love. Yeah, well that's, <laughs> now, now we get to, to the bones of it because what it effectively means is that what he, the relationship he has found in no way is strong enough for him to change his lifestyle. It's very much has echoes of Shannon. You were the one who pointed that out, I have to say, in that he basically was saying, you didn't blow me away enough in order for me to change my work schedule. Yeah, and he was making excuses. Look, he's just not that into Lindell, despite everything he was no. saying. And he just was, it, it seemed like he was making excuse after excuse yeah. after excuse. Well, the experts said that it just comes down to it's an excuse. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. They weren't buying it. They, they just, they just need, he just needs to cut the cord now. It was that, it was when he said that he would have moved for love. Yeah. That's, everybody was taking him back and he's the only one that seemed oblivious to what he said or the repercussions of what he said. Yeah. So I don't think he was being malicious or vindictive when he actually said it. I don't don't think he realised and I still don't think he realised what he said. Yeah. Because he went on saying, I really want this to work. Mm, yeah. Well, he really, it was more aspirational than anything else. And he says, well, I really want this to work, which effectively means it's not working now. Yeah. Um, I thought that Lyndall was very quiet. And I'm wondering when she's actually going to have her say. She said nothing to him. She was being emotionally cut again and again and again with every sentence he said. I know, but I still would have liked her to say something to him like, oh, right, so you're telling me this now? We've gone through the whole process and you're telling me this now that you never had any attention in compromise and that you never had any attention in moving, that you're going to be out back or whatever in the outback or she was just where stunned. he's going She was just stunned. She was literally stunned into submission. She really was. She, she really was. She didn't see that coming at all. No. But again, they should have been having these conversations. Like, Tani and Ollie, they have a, an issue with distance as well. But they discussed it and they have a plan. They always discussed it. It was it was on the table from day one where it just like, it just looks like Tani and, sorry, Lyndall and Cameron were just brushing it on the table the whole time. Well, we, said that, we said that the last episode, you know, they just yeah. can't confront the issues. The elephant in the room. Yeah, the elephant in the room. They just can't do it because it effectively, if they were to do it, they'd realise there's no relationship there. I think that Cam is not emotionally intelligent enough to deal with it. Mm. I'm surprised at Linda. Lyndall should have forced the issue. But again, I suppose she's kind of new to this whole relationship thing and she didn't want to mess it up. And Well, she look, she was giving it a damn good shot. Yeah. Uh, but we called it from Meet the Participants episode. We said there's a massive difference. Their distance between them. They are going to be the distance couple. Uh, sure enough, they are. But there's more to it. There is. So, Bronte. Bronte. Where is Bronte? Where's Wally? <laughs> well, she's going to be back on the couch for the commitment ceremony. Are you having that. a horrible feeling that she's going to say stay? Well, she couldn't, you. She couldn't, could she? I wouldn't put it past her. I honestly wouldn't put it past her now. I mean, we've got the nearest to a promise we can get from Harrison that he won't write stay. But you know something? Stranger things have happened. They might as well be here for the rest of the series anyway. Should this feck all of it left now at this stage? I just, yeah. They For me, 
they've ruined the series. I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to say that. I would rather they just weren't there. I just think they've overshadowed everything and they've been toxic. I just wonder for entertainment value. I did kind of, I, I, I was entertained. Well, yeah. Maybe uh, not for Bronte. Bronte just got on my nerves. She just, she really got on my nerves. I just couldn't bear to look at her. And I, I now I'm, I'm dreading the thoughts of seeing her tomorrow night on the couch. You see, as a woman, I think that's what it probably is, that you're embarrassed by her as a woman. Maybe well, so. Well, guess Maybe what? So. I, I'm embarrassed by Harrison as a man. Yeah. He has the same effect on me that Bronte has on you. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I just think that they got far too much airtime. It really was the Bronte and Harrison show. And I don't care what the ratings were like, because I don't think that's going to do the, the program any good and the show any good in any kind of a long run. So if you had to call it, can you see them staying tomorrow? As I say, I don't really care. And if you had to call oh, it, God. if you're forced to, the life or death situation, you had to make a call. Oh, well, he'll say leave, she'll vote. Ah, no, they, they'll both leave. So you're saying leave and leave? Yeah. Done. What do you think about Cameron and What do you and say? What do you think about Cameron and Lindell? Cameron and Lindell. Uh... Lindell, unless there's some big turn around, Lindell is going to say leave and I think Cam will probably say leave. Alyssa and Duncan? <sighs> well, they're fakers anyway. So they'll they'll say stay. How dare you say my Duncan is a fake? How ah, dare look, you? Look, it's staring him between the eyes. He can do all the crying he wants. Staring him between the eyes, that's dead in the water. So we've three leaves so far? No, no, they'll stay. Oh, they'll stay. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, Melinda and Leighton. Oh, Melinda and Leighton will stay as well. They're fighters. Okay. We're going to say Tanny and Ollie will definitely yes. stay. And who's the last one? Evelyn and Rupert. Evelyn and Rupert. Oh, yeah, definitely stay. Of course they will. Yeah. Of course they will. They'll be given a free pass anyway. Let's see what happens in the couch on Sunday night. I, do you disagree with any of that? Um, I think I just have this feeling Bronte's going to want to stay. I don't know what it is. Um, mm. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Alyssa said leave. Okay. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Lyndall says stay just to kind of see if there's anything and just kind of give it her all and just see if there's anything at all she could salvage from the relationship. Do you not think, oh God, I would think if anybody's going to say stay in that, I would think it's Cam. I think it'd be Lyndall. Wow. I just don't think she's she's willing to give up without literally giving it everything that she possibly has. Okay. Well, on that happy note, maybe we shall leave everybody and we shall say bye-bye. And wish our lives away between now and Sunday. As ever. And as ever, keep watching Maps, guys. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Before you go, just a quick request. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way, you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on indicastreality.com at gmail.com indicastreality at gmail.com